Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. What's first in our heart? And this verse says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Seek to understand what is seek. It means to aim or strive after. First, in order of time or sequence, before I do anything else, first. Today we are completing the first series and coming to you from the studio. I was having a headache, some dizziness, fatigue, and since I wasn't feeling best, went and got a COVID test, came back negative, praise God, but figured it would also be a good thing to exercise more safety. So we're shooting it today this way. Today we're completing um, in a way that I believe This message has the power to impact our life more than any other area can. What a bold statement. And I'm talking about money today. Money has the ability to build or destroy our lives. I remember riding around as a teenager and I'd get picked up by the friends. And there was this phrase we always said, I got five on it. Like, yo, you got five on it? I got five on it. And it came from the song, Loonies. And five on it meant this. When we were going to go around and smoke, do you have $5 to contribute to the smoke fest? And those moments remind me that I'm a part of something now way bigger, way better than I could ever be back then. But I was invested in my sin. Am I invested in what Jesus is doing. So today's message is titled, I Got Tithe On It. I Got Tithe On It. We're going to Malachi chapter 3. If you've been around church for some time, you've heard this passage shared, and maybe you've uh, felt pressure when it comes to money. Maybe at times you felt insecurity because you don't have some. Or maybe you there's a level of skepticism to even understand, hey, how can I trust what this organization is doing with money? And I want us to look even further past our experiences or even past uh, city life to look to God and his word. And in Matthew or Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. How do we rob you, you ask? By not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions. The word tithe means tenth. In the message, it goes this way. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you the tithe and the offering that's how and now you're under a curse the whole lot of you because you're robbing me bring your full tithe into the temple treasury 
so that there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers, the message of God of the angel armies. Big statements. Profound text. When someone robs us, I think we have all either had something stolen, we've stolen something, and we're familiar with the idea of being robbed. We put locks on our doors, we have cameras, and all types of things to be secure, and in some way to protect our assets, our belongings, to not be robbed or hurt. Imagine for a moment, this passage is describing that God's people were robbing God. Who? God. Now, why were they robbing God? They were not only bringing defective offerings, but they were also withholding the tithe, apparently due to the field's meager return. That sounds a lot like our backdrop today. Well, there's a meager return for many of us, small business owners, restaurant, The COVID landscape here in our country has been very financially challenging for many of us. For others, it's been almost like a a, a, a 10x season where there's more surplus, increase, not sure what to do with the abundance. And wherever we're at, whether it's a meager return or an abundant return, I believe today God wants to shape us that we understand we got tithe on it and not just tithe on it, but more. This phrase I'm about to share right now, I hope that you test it, think about it. But financial integrity leads to our future trajectory. It's almost like you could chart a life out. Someone's life who is very in, uh, has integrity with their finances. As we look at their future, there's what I've seen Firsthand, a direct correlation often, often. Now we know this about relationships. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. We should be people of prayer. We got to be people that love. But when we look at our wallets, it tells us so much what we worship, what we put worth on, and what we say, hey, I got five on it. I used to invest in my sin. Wouldn't it be normal to just want to invest in what God is doing. Now, what's fascinating is in that passage of Malachi, God is throughout all of scripture looking for people. He's testing us. But he says, you can test me. Test me in what way? Test me with the tithe. Test me with the tenth. Test me with your money. Watch what I'll do. I'll protect you. I'll bless you. Now, is there always a direct correlation? If I give, everything will be happy. In fact, I think it's quite the opposite. The more we give, sometimes the more resistance comes because the enemy hates when we're like heaven, when we're like God, when we're like Jesus. And Jesus is very generous. 10%, I got tithe on it. And now moving into the New Testament, I want to take us to 2 Corinthians. There's a few passages I want to shape us today because I don't want us to hear from Jerome. I want us to test God, test his word. 
see if he is true and worthy of our investment financially. We're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It says this, Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. This chapter is talking about the heart of how we give. Sometimes when we hear, I got to pay my tithes or look at the Malachi text, we feel the weight of the law, the weight of the principle, the weight of, I need to do this in order to get God's attention and affection. Friend, we don't have to give. We get to give. And when Jesus steps into our life, his work on the cross, the good news is that his life completed the payment I owed for all of my sin. And there's nothing I can do to get into good graces with God other than just put my faith in who he sent his son. And that is tetelestai. It is finished, paid in full. I can't add to Christ's finished work. I can't take away from Christ's finished work. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And now as I enter, the principles that God has taught his people for thousands of years, of course, carry over, but there is no uh, legalist standard that I'm now under, but I then can express with my generosity to say, I can be a cheerful giver. I'm fixing this mic. Uh, It starts to kind of, it leans, not drinking lean, but it leans. Okay, here we go. Look at me for a moment. If you've supported City Life financially, if you support City Life financially right now, I want to thank you for your giving, for what you're doing, because it's helping us make sure people know they're loved, belong, and have purpose. That we be the expression that God wants us to be. Your cheerful giving has transformed so many lives. And it still is. It's allowing us to do this today. All right, let's get practical. Do I have to tithe? Well, from my study, I would say no. But did God's principles end? In fact, I think what we see is we see way beyond a tithe in the New Testament. People are giving all they have. It seems like the tithe is the floor. But there's a big warning when it comes to money. And the reason God talks about money so much is because money is directly tied to our heart. If we look at our statement, uh, a statement of activity, and to see what we've spent money on, to see if we're frustrated about finances or even the stresses and the pressures, a lot of times that dictates where our trust is in. And there's a huge warning in 1 Timothy 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Meaning, hey, to be godly in Christ, to be content, that's great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation. Do you want to be rich? Do I want to be rich? 
There's been so many times in my life I've committed to a job or some type of business endeavor on the side. Even when I used to party, we would deal. And there was an element of wanting to get rich. Well, it says, those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish, harmful desires, which plunge people into ruin and destruction. And this is where one of the famous lines of, that gets misquoted in all of the text, you know, the love of money is the root, or the money is the root to all kinds of evil. But it says here in verse 10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So to love money leads us to all kinds of evil. And by craving it, some have even wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Think about that. We can wander from the faith? You mean the one who found me in my sin, gave me his whole life, made me brand new, made me an heir, called me by name. I'm a child of God. I'm royalty. That not properly putting money in its position and placement in my life, that it could lead me away from the faith that has saved me. That's a huge warning to pause and say, okay, (laughs) well, do I not even talk about money or deal with money? No. God wants to reshape us and he wants us to rule over money. He wants us to have resources so that we can equip and empower and give and be generous. So God's not mad if you got tons of money. In fact, you could be rich and righteous. You could be rich and wicked. You could be poor and righteous. And you could be poor and wicked. Because money just magnifies what's already in our heart. We believe a lie sometimes. When I get more money, then I'm going to be generous. Or if I have a lot of money, well, I'm going to be generous, but it's got to be so calculated. And there's a fine line between stewarding and just hoarding. And it says, it goes on in verse 17. Instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or to set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth. But on God, who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do what is good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and willing to share. Storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of what is truly life. What is truly life can't be bought. It's not in our things. It's not in our possessions. We're trying to teach our children this. Our children, uh, they have the mentality, just like I do, apart from God renewing me, to say, okay, if I have money, I don't want to give it unless I can get something out of it. I got five on it because I can hang out and smoke. And teaching them to, to give it isn't native at first. The sin nature doesn't want it. Why would we give? What am I going to get? And this is as simple as we got to give away some of the toys. Knowing as a dad, we're going to get them better things. Knowing that there's more toys coming. 
And we struggle with trust so much when it comes to our treasures, our money. And we're like, hey, I don't know if I could have a tithe on it. I don't know if I could go above that because I'm not sure if God can provide. And ultimately, it comes down to faith. It comes down to trust. We never have a money problem. We always have a vision problem. It's how we see money. And I have seen this playing out in my life. I've had a poverty mindset at times that I need money to feel a certain way. And there's no doubt that when you don't have money, life is more stressful. It's challenging. But it's blessed are the poor. How could we be content whether we have a lot or a little, Paul says in Philippians 4. How could we do that? Because our riches come from Jesus. They come in Jesus. And when we have a right mindset, we recognize how rich and wealthy we are. And how wealthy we are in him now says, we say, hey, God, you've given these resources to me. I don't even deserve them. I can't believe you even let me keep 90. So I'm going to not only test you, I'm honored to do it. And I'm honored to be a part of what you're doing and, 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 and support your mission. Because it is his bride that we're a part of here at City Life. So then we get a healthy view of money. And money is merely, um, we reproduce who we are. So when people see us and they hear us talk about money, it's just pretty much who we are. And it goes in uh, Matthew 6. And I want to take us there. And I'm reading a lot of text today again because this is God's thoughts. He talks about money a lot. And we're shifting our perspective to what I can spend, what do I get, to how I can give and how it grows. Because I'm not just giving, I'm investing. I'm planting seeds. Something that can grow to go beyond what I can do in my own ability. So don't store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wow, I want my heart to be with God and what he's doing. Not in, I, I like shoes. I like to buy shoes sometimes. Not in shoes. Not even in a hedge fund that I'm looking at. How does it grow? But to be in a kingdom posture. To say, hey God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Now back to that 2 Corinthians verse. The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generous will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion. Remember, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. The message puts it this way, because one of the questions would be, man, do I even have money to give? Well, 
the most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away, which grows into full form lives, robust in God, wealthy in every way so that you can be generous in every way, producing with us great praise to God. God gives seed to everybody. It's not the amount that counts, but we all, some of us got more, some of us got less, but we all have been given seed. And if we don't think we've been given seed, we're calling God a liar. So the question is not to ask me or your friends or ask God today, man, God, what seed have you given me? Where have I seen in my life when you gave me seed and I didn't have financial integrity? And when I mocked you and I said, God, that I didn't think you could provide. And time and time again, I've seen your faithfulness and here I am doubting you first in the treasures of my life. Why? Why would I doubt you with the tithe? It's been a great honor in our family to be tithers for since I've come to Jesus. I had someone ask me, Jerome, you're really sensitive at talking about money with people. And you, you really cater to, to the skepticism that they, that they feel, meaning that people have seen individuals in the name of Jesus do some really harmful things and take money and do, be shady about it. At City Life, we have a whole separate accounting firm that does all of our books. We put out an annual report. We stay conservative and frugal. We operate on a budget of 90% of the previous year. We as a church give away 10% of what comes in because not only what we're what we're do, what we're uh, asking others to do, we want to be an organization that does as well. And when they asked me, Jerome, you, you seem to be really sensitive um, and delicate with people in the area of money. Did you used to struggle with tithing in your life? And I said, no, actually, I never did. I struggled with a lot of things. But tithing seems so normal. And they go, really, why? Well, my life was transformed by Jesus. Somebody had to pay for the bills to keep the lights on. Somehow there had to be a building. And it only made sense because everything I wanted to do in the world, if I wanted to play basketball, if I wanted to party, if I wanted shoes, I would invest. And here I am in love with Jesus and he's got a bride. And in the name of Jesus, we're moving and we're part of the greatest show on earth, which is not a show. It's the hope of the universe. It's the local church. And if I, are you kidding me? God's given me everything. And I 10% can invest to start first. Wow. I want all of my money blessed. I want to show God that I can trust him in that area. So I, in, with confidence, can tell you that this has been an area that has been a, a movement and momentum in my life. And there's been a lot of other areas that have been really challenging. But now I think the Lord's challenging me to say, what does being a cheerful giver look way beyond a tithe? <laughs> I heard uh, a preacher say once that if we consider others higher than ourselves, how do we get to a place where we give away 51% of our income? Where does that start? It starts with maybe 1% of our income. 2, 3, 4, 10, 15. Let's not do it then. Let's be faithful in a little now. If we don't have income, obviously our giving is going to look a lot different. And there is freedom. No one has to give. We say we get to give. 
But there's that moment where Jesus saw the widow's gift and, and, and he's sitting in, in, uh, across from the temple treasury. He watched how the crowd dropped uh, money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. Summoning his disciples, he said to him, Truly I tell you, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. For they all gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, and she had to live on. Am I advocating today that you should give away every dollar to City Life? No. But what I am saying is Jesus said her story was a story that he told his disciples about. It was her life in that moment that gave it all. It wasn't the amount that counts. It was how much faith, it was how much she was exercising and she was giving everything. For some of us to give 100 bucks, it's everything. For others, to give 100 Gs is relative to somebody giving 100 bucks. And we'll all steward it differently as we should. And uh, so now let's, as we land here, okay, we're about 25 minutes into this message. I want to get practical of why tithe. We do not have to tithe, we believe. But why tithe? Well, Jesus tells the Pharisees in Matthew 23, you're hopeless. You religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds, you keep meticulous account books, tithing on every nickel and dime you get. Notice he does not rebuke them on their tithing. He rebukes them on something different. But on the meat of God's law, things like fairness and compassion and commitment, the absolute basics, you carefully take it or leave it. Careful bookkeeping is commendable. So in other words, tithing is commendable. Let's do it. I got tithe on it. But the basics are required. Do you have any idea how silly you look writing a life story that's wrong from start to finish, nitpicking over commas and semicolons? May we never get more concerned with the bookkeeping than the lives we're keeping, the heartbeat of people, heaven, what God is doing. So when we tithe, it helps support the ministry. So why tithe? Because it helps support what Jesus is doing, the local church, the hope of the universe. In scripture, it teaches us that, that those who preach, we pay staff, we pay stipends, we rent the space, we have love the city truck, we have benevolence fund, we do things to communicate and buy technology to make sure the gospel and disciple and, and, and advance and expansion and dream and all these things take place. And and the we could sometimes think, well, why, should we even pay someone in the gospel? The, the text tells us that someone who preaches the gospel is worthy of double honor. We shouldn't muzzle an ox. And what is sad to say, church, can I plead with you for a second? Here's what's sad to say, that the church I've seen is so under-resourced locally and globally. Businesses and startup and, and, and all kinds of different uh, just for-profit sector endeavors is over-resourced. But nonprofits are so under-resourced. Let it not be so. Because our vision is really big, but the speed of our vision will go at the pace of the resources. It's natural to go at the pace of resources. So why the church? Well, it is the ecclesia in Ephesians 3.10. 
This is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heaven. God's multifaceted wisdom is made known to the world through the church. There's no way to get around it. I believe that local giving should start for, for, for believers in Jesus. This is a believer's message. If you're watching this, you can kind of watch a family moment. If you don't know where you're at with Jesus, it's fair. Okay. And, uh, but first through the local church, do you have to know, but it's Jesus's bride. And when we give to the local church, we're giving to like a hedge fund that is investing in so much, investing in missions, investing in the gospel, investing in our city, investing in uh, the poor, investing in care, hospitals, so many different things that are taking place here that I see our dollars multiply and it's awesome. I heard a, uh, a preacher say once that if people could see the way we're spending every dollar, I believe that they would give more. And our giving report just went out. And you can see all of the ways that we stewarded in 2020. And I believe that it's a time to invest more into city life. Consistent, often, percentage, generous, above, beyond, committed. I'm in. Let's go. Let's love the city one life at a time. So closing, I got tithe on it. I got tithe on it. I'm in. How do we do that? Well, number one would be first to recognize when I tithe that all comes from God. I'm saying he's my source. He's everything. I don't deserve any of this money. You gave me grace to even work. You gave me grace to, 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 to steward resources. Secondly would be when I tithe, I got tithe on it. It shows worth that God, you're worth, you're worth so much. It's why I give. You are my master. I can't serve God in money. I can only serve one master. And if I'm going to pick one I'm going to love, I'm going to love you. And what a great way to exercise every time I get a paycheck of who I love to give. And the more money we get, the harder sometimes it is to be cheerful. It's easy to give when there's 10, when there's 20. When you start getting a uh, uh, bigger number, you say, well, 10% of that. Ooh, do I give on gross or do I give on net? Well, where did it come from first? I always believe it's gross, but hey, if you're a net giver, hey, keep doing it, you know? Let it rain, hit, hit that net. And then lastly, number three is when we give, I got tithe on it. It's an act of faith and trust. I put action to my faith financially and trust what you are doing, God, locally and globally. On our website, we'll have a, a giving guide with more scriptures that you can read. This is a dense message that covers a lot of text. And that text is there on purpose because I don't want to just preach with passion and emotion and try to compel you and force you to give. I want you to be convinced that it's God's heartbeat. It's God's heartbeat to say, hey, you can give away things and I can bless an open hand. I can't bless a closed hand and test me in this way because each of us have been given seed by God. In this packet of seed, when I plant it, it doesn't grow overnight, but I'm expecting a return. 
an investment. And when I sow in the soil of what God is doing, I'm partnering up with all that he's about. I want us to ask the Holy Spirit, where are you at with money? Is it easier to say you got five on it when it came to whatever your five on it was? Or is it second nature to say, I got tithe on it, I got more? God, what are you doing? What are you doing here at City Life? What are you doing in the world? How can I partner up with it? How can I lay everything down? How can I be content in you? How can I be cheerful a giver? I want to be committed. I want to be first with you. We're going to worship and worship team, if you guys could come up and we're going to sing, lay it all down. And as we do that, I don't even want you to think about it. Just connect with God and let him reshape and reform. Parts of your heart that felt, you just think, you thought, you know, I I didn't know I could ever trust you again, God. Especially with money. I, I didn't know if I could ever trust you again. And God, I want to believe again. I want to exercise that you're first. I want to exercise that you're worth to me. And I want to exercise in faith and trust. And I want to lay it all down. And if you're watching this and you have not come back home to Jesus, hear his voice so gently saying, come, you belong. And if you just say, hey, I'm a sinner, God, forgive me. I believe in you. He'll make you brand new. And that's the richest message that can't be bought. It's priceless. It's the gospel. It's the grace of God. He laid down his whole life so that we could have life. What a joy that we can do the same with our treasure. Let's sing. Let's worship. Volunteers in the room, I'll thank you guys for your generosity. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for believing in the mission here and what God is doing to love this city one life at a time. And at home, thank you. From the deepest place of my heart, it allows our family to do this. It allows our staff to do this the work here at City Life. It's, uh, we're just getting started. I hope to see you tonight at the dream event, or I mean the, the, the vision event, and where we'll share some of our dreams. It'll be cool. Um, Got to register for that. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.